Hello and welcome to Sword and Pen, a podcast about military veterans in journalism. I'm your host, Jonathan House. During each episode, we interview a noted military veteran, journalist, military veteran in journalism, or an academic about smart people stuff. This week, I interviewed Pulitzer Prize-winning photojournalist Patrick Farrell. Patrick currently teaches at the University of Miami. However, before teaching, Patrick was a photojournalist for the Miami Herald. He won his Pulitzer while at the Miami Herald for photos he shot in 2009 that showcased despair in a hurricane-ravaged Haiti. A link to his work is in the podcast description. So I I think that chronological would be a good place to start. How did you get into photography? Oh, God, a long story. I mean, I knew, I'll tell you why I knew I I liked photography. I wasn't sure what was what I was going to do, but when I was in seventh grade on Halloween, I got shot in the eye with a BB and I ended up in the, I ended up in the hospital with patches on both eyes for a little over a week. And I think when those things started to come off my eyes and I started to appreciate like, okay, seeing is a pretty cool thing. (laughs) I think subconsciously that was the beginning of my, like appreciation for light and appreciation for all things visual. And then, you know, within months of that happening and eventually getting both, you know, I, I, for another month, I had a patch over my right eye, the eye that got injured. But the immediate thing was when I was in the hospital, I was covered both eyes because they didn't want me to strain the good eye either. Um, but anyway, I, w- I was at a photo store with my older sister. I'm one of 12 kids, by the way. Um, and my older sister was picking up pictures that she had developed and there was, you know, like a spinning rack of books and there was a book about how to build a dark room and it was like under a dollar. I think I bought the book and, uh, or my sister bought it for me and I built the dark room in ninth grade, you know, started to shoot pictures, thought it would be a great way to meet people, which is really the, the, the gist of what this business is, is meeting people. So Great way to meet people, great way to get into football games, great way to meet cheerleaders, you know, <laughs> all that sort of thing. So, uh, so I knew I liked photography and that was it. I built a bar and but I went off to school to study pre-med at Marquette University. Didn't do very well. Came back to the University of Miami and ha- luckily met a guy named Michael Carlbeck who was a, a advising at orientation and then said, do you, do you like photography? Cause he taught a photojournalism class. And I said, Oh, I do. And I took his class. And eventually it led to an internship and I realized, wow, not only do I like doing photography, but I want to do it for a living. And I got an internship as a senior. It's a much longer story. You know, I, I tried to get a job in Topeka, Kansas. I drove out there during spring break. And, uh, cause that was the Topeka capital journal was the best, photojournalism and newspaper back in the late 70s. Um, so anyway, long story short, <laughs> or long story long, I, uh, I once I did that internship as a senior in college at the Miami News, I knew it was what I wanted to do. It took me, I worked for a couple small dailies, uh, a small weekly and then a small daily, and then another small uh, daily, before I got my job at the Herald. So probably six years after graduating the University of Miami, I got a job at the Herald and I, and then I was at the Herald for 32 years, except for that one year where I went off to teach at Emerson. So, um, which is, which is where we met. Um, 
Yeah. And when, um, so, I, you know, full disclosure to any listener, I, I took your class. That's how I met you. And, um, you, and you were my best student. No, <laughs> thank you. I'm, <laughs> I'm blushing. Um, but one thing that you would, you would say a lot is, is that we needed to go find the light and you would, you know, you talk about the, the, where light's peeking out from the shadows or, or different colors of light. And, and I was hoping maybe you could kind of explain what find the light means. Uh, certainly. And sometimes it's the lack of light as well, but you know, uh, we'll talk about it in class. I mean, there's three things to making a photo. If you can get these three things together and get them together well, the chances are you're going to make a good photo. So light, look for the light and then compose your image and then wait for a moment to happen. Um, so looking for the light, you know, if it's coming in from a window, if you have to turn on a light switch, if, if uh, it's a sunset, you know, if you're on the beach and the sun is setting, wow, you've already got the setting, right? You've already got this beautiful orange glow of light. Now you want to frame it. Where in the frame do you want to put the sun? You know, do you want to put it behind your pier? You know, or and, and then wait for somebody to run by or wait for a sailboat on the horizon. So it, it, that that sailboat coming across the horizon could be the moment, you know, or when it goes through the, the big orange ball of the sun. But that that at that point is your light. But also if you were to turn around and face away from the sun, then the light is hitting people sitting under an umbrella on the beach. You know, and how does that golden light can also be, you know, a really cool, you know, way to, sh to shoot the image as well. Um, you know, light coming from an iPhone, uh, you know, somebody looking at an iPhone in a, in a dark auditorium, you know, and, the, and their face is the only kind of just this little blue glow on their face, you know, and whatever they're looking at. And then the rest of the room goes dark, so you have this, you know, just stark image of light coming from a phone. And you see that all the time, you know, computer screens. Um, you know, I've pulled out a, a pocket flashlight out of my camera bag in a total dark situation once to light up people, you know, and just paint them with light with a very slow shutter speed and set the camera down on a table and just leave the shutter open for a second or two and, and paint the scene with a little pocket flashlight. You know, um, so wherever the light is, you know, and, and, and the lack of light sometimes, does that make sense? Yeah. Where, you know, there's, you know, just this one little tiny bit of light coming through the curtains or something like that. When somebody walks through that or, or, and, and you capture that, um, you know, Morning, you know, obviously the the golden hours and the at sunrise and sunset are really uh, great times to go out with your camera and shoot photos. But if not, step back in the shadows in the middle of the day and and see how the people in the shadows go by and give you kind of a layer between them and then what's happening out in the sunlight on the street, and then what's happening across the street, and you build these you build an image in layers, you know, the silhouettes of the folks in, in the shade where you're standing, the light in the street, and then, you know, maybe then what's going on across the street and, and just build that layer in an image. And, and you take that with you 
not just in a street situation, but when you're actually covering an event, you know, if you're covering a parade in the middle of the day, you know, the light can be really crappy, right? Yeah. But if you find a spot where there's shade and people come through shade, the light's a little bit softer and then people look better. And, you know, honestly, pictures are all about how, how you make people feel, you know? How do the people that are in the images feel about themselves? you know, when they see their image and how do people that see the image feel, what kind of, what kind of reaction do you get out of the people that see the image? So you try to look for places to shoot pictures that, you know, the people will feel well about it if they're in it, you know, and, you know, and, uh, and also how do people react? You want people to react to your images, hopefully one way or another, you know, you don't take sides. Yeah, you, 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 kinda, you, you I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You just said something good here. No, I, good. I, I liked that was, um, you know, you talked about how a picture is all about about feeling and 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 how do people feel in the photo and um, and that does lead to a natural progression about also how does the person behind the camera feel, and so what um, how how important is it you think to have um, different, I mean, I know that, that shooting photography is all about perspectives. It's all about having a different perspective when you, when you take a photo. But I think that, um, you know, some could argue the, the science behind a photography. Okay. Just make sure you get your rule of thirds, your exposure, correct. And anybody could take a photo. Um, and so how important is it to have, um, different and unique perspectives. And I, and obviously our, our, our podcast is focused at veterans that are looking to get into journalism. So, you know, what might Absolutely. a veteran be able to bring from a perspective side to photography? I, I, I think everybody brings something into uh, a situation, their perspective. And I was talking about this in class the other day. Uh, I will the guy who plays on the University of Miami football team in class. And there's another kid in class who really likes to shoot sports. And I saw them talking about pictures and sports and I kind of injected myself into the conversation. I said, yo, you know, it does help if you know a little bit about the game because you know where to stand on the field and you know to do, you know, but, but at the other, on the other end of the thing, the, the, the kid who was enjoys shooting sports, enjoys shooting sports and he goes in with that curiosity of the sport. So it's kind of, you bring what you, you, you bring what's an innate to you into a situation. You know, I'm one of 12 kids. My mother really loved kids. And, and whenever I shoot pictures, I feel like there's a bit of my mother there telling me, you know, show these kids in a light that's respectful, you know, take pictures that, you know, you would want, you know, of your children, you know, take those. So you bring, you always bring something, but anyway, back to that whole thing about the football player and the, and I was kind of trying to, and, and I, because I don't think he, he has any ambition to ever do photography. It's, it's, he's a senior and I think it's an elective class and who knows, he'll probably end up playing professional football, but his perspective and knowledge of the game really would probably put him in the right spot on the field. You want to play as being, you know, and, and if he understood the gear, you know, he knows which lens, you know, where to be and how that lens will affect 
you know, the quarterback's going to throw the ball down the field or this or that. And I think, um, you know, that bringing that, you know, certainly soldiers and people that have been in conflict and understand, you know, how stuff, how, how, you know, things can go. And and so you just know where to stand. I, I covered something in Haiti back in 1994 and I had broken my foot the day I got there and there was an embargo and I couldn't get out of the country. So I continued to limp around and cover the, you know, the events, the, the U S had sent troops in there to try to reinstate, uh, Jean Bertrand Aristide after he had been ousted in a coup d'etat a couple of years early. And, uh, there was some street fighting going on and, and, and little gun battles and stuff like that. And because I was injured a little bit, I was a little bit more cautious because I knew I couldn't run as fast and stayed on the side of the street. And uh, one photographer who got too close got shot, you know, grazed in the head and was carried off. And I think I was lucky because I, I was being more cautious and I think somebody that's covered or has been in a conflict situation as a soldier would understand and put themselves in the right spot so they could get the picture. And getting injured means you miss the picture. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to if you if you're there to cover the event, you, you want to get the picture. So I I just think you bring that knowledge with you, and that really helps. You know. And if you don't have that knowledge, you know, if you're coming in, uh, you know, photographers get dropped into things all the time that they know nothing about. You know, something happens and their editor says, hey, you got to get on a plane. You got two hours. You got an hour to get to the airport and and we need you there. And so you got to go in with an open mind. You got to really be concerned about shooting honest images and also be curious about where you're going and try to you know, engage, you know, people that live there and know a little bit more, you know, fixers and local journalists and this and that. Because your perspective is different, but, it, but it's incumbent on you to, to get it right, you know, observe and get it right and bring it back and, and let people back to how do people feel when they look at those images. So I, 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 I'm back to the football player. I hope that, you know, I hope he, I hope his career in football is great, but I hope he learned something in this class. And I think he would be a great sports photographer because of that. You know, I think, you know, he's got that, that knowledge of, of, of sports. And I think we all bring something into, into a situation. Sometimes it's, it's kind of good that, I don't know if I'm making sense here, but, but, but no, you, you are. have that. Yeah, no, you're making yeah. complete sense. Um, I, there was an, I can't remember now, it'll probably come to me, but, you know, along the same lines of, of, of perspective, I forget what I was going to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you, you I'm, brought, I'm, you brought up Haiti. Go ahead, John. I did want to, I did want to touch on Haiti a little bit. So, um, you know, when I intro the story, we're going to, um, or intro the, the interview. I'm gonna I'm gonna intro who you are and and that you won a, a Pulitzer for for shooting um, photography and and you know, I always feel weird just saying shooting you know with 
you know, the world these days. Uh, my, my, my daughter, and I'm probably told this to you, but when my daughter, Annie, now is a junior in college, but when she was a three-year-old in pre-K, uh, the teacher was going around the classroom and asking what your parents do, and they got the Annie. And the reason I know this story is because the teacher came up to my wife and said, what does your husband do? So anyway, the teacher and my wife goes, well, why do you ask? And she goes, well, because I, I asked Annie, what are your parents doing? And she goes, well, my mom does the laundry and my father shoots people. So, <laughs> you know, it, when you say shooting, you know, it, it, in, in, this, in this day and age, it's kind of, you know, but I've been shooting people now for 40 years since I got out of school. Um, and, and, it, and it's really, it's taken me to a lot of different places. It's really been fun. Gotten to meet some really cool people and go to some really cool places. So sorry I interrupted. No, no, it was it was a good that was a good anecdote. Um, so <laughs> it's um, so you were in Haiti um, and you shot these incredible photos that were were seen worldwide. Um, I, you know, I don't really have a strong question here. Um, it just seems like a very impactful thing that I just wanted to hear your thoughts on. Like, what was, what was it like? What did you have to do to, to, to get the photos when you shot the photos? Did you, did you look at it and go, there it is. That's it. I, I know I just got it. Um, did you, did you come away with any wisdom? I mean, it's just, it's this overarching, huge, um, piece of, of your, your story, your history that, that is, um, for anybody listening, they can just Google, um, I just wanted to get any any thoughts you have. Um, well, that was that was one of those stories where I got a call, and I don't even think I was the first photographer they called, but I was the first photographer that said, "Yeah, I can go." Uh, and there was these hurricanes. There was a series of hurricanes that just happened to go through Haiti. You know, either skirt the coast or, and so we had gone after. I believe it was Hurricane Hannah, or had had straight, you know, skirted the coast and flooded Gonaive. Um, so it was one of those things where I was called and dropped in and thought I'd go over and come back the next day, you know, just shoot. Uh, but then there was another hurricane behind it, so we stayed. And, and uh, that's one of those things where you go in and, and you know, I. I'm not Haitian and so perspective helps and we hire, there's a, there's a guy named Faubert that, uh, the reporter Jackie Charles always works with when she goes there and she's still at the Herald and she's still, uh, is, is quite the, uh, she's covered Haiti more than anybody in this hemisphere really. Um, but Faubert is this driver and this, uh, fixer, I guess we use in Haiti, who got us to certain places that, you know, the hurricane had done the most damage. And, you know, you got to, it's, it's, photography is really about, um, you know, being honest and, and shooting images that sometimes are hard to look at. Um, and, uh, but I think need need to be seen. And, and the, after that hurricane, um, that morning after the hurricane in Haiti, and, and 
I had shot all these images uh, and Jackie talked to this man, uh, uh, Franz Samidi. I was photographing Franz Samidi and he was cradling his daughter and he actually grabbed my sleeve and said, give me a picture, give me a picture. And I wasn't exactly sure what he meant, but I think it was pretty obvious that I was a journalist and that whatever happened in the small town um, of Cabaret in Haiti, that even though his daughter had died and he lost his daughter, it was he he thought this story should be told and, and not just locally, but outside of Haiti. And, and he, he probably looked at me as somebody that was going to do that. And so when Jackie finally talked to him, he told Jackie that he was he was trying to clean his daughter off to put a dress on her so that you know uh, she could get a proper uh, burial. Um, but you know it, it, the thing about photography, the thing is that there's these stories and people should know them, you know, and see them. And that story, when it was played in the Miami Herald. Um, there was a really big response locally. You know, people really responded and had, you know, the typical food drives and clothing drives and stuff like that. And then it was off the front page after a week or two. And, and that was it. But then six months later, it won a Pulitzer. And the attention was back on Haiti. And, and that was probably the most rewarding part about the Pulitzer certainly it's great to win the Pulitzer and it's, you know, it's like the pinnacle of anybody's career in journalism, but that winning the prize, it, it, it got, the work was seen broader than just locally in South Florida. It was seen in Europe and there were calls from Europe, you know, people reused the photos because of the Pulitzer and I think it, it shined a light, a, a brighter light on Haiti at the time that, that was going through still a lot after the hurricanes six months later. Um, but it wasn't in the headlines for, you know, for several months between the initial story. Um, I don't know if that, that all gels together, but it's... Um, I think it does. I think it does great. I think that um, what you just explained was... Um, and I mean, I guess I could, I was about to ask this question, but really you answered the question. I was just going to have you expand more on it, but just that, that's, that really was uh, an explanation on the power of photojournalism and photography and why, you know, we can write stories all we want, but, um, a powerful photo, uh, can make, uh, a, a world, an absolute world of difference for people. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I will pose a question too. What are, what are your thoughts on the? Um, I, again, you just waxed poetic a little bit, but what are your thoughts on the the power and the value of of photography in in the journalism sphere, photojournalism? If, if, if I if I could choose one way to tell a story, of course, I'm a photographer. I and I do this Sunday still thing. I don't know if you know that, but Don Venata, who works for ESPN has this newsletter that comes out every mm-hmm. Sunday. I'm kind of, I'm kind of plugging it right now. And it's called the Sunday long reads. And I do a thing called the Sunday still, 
where I pick a picture each week that I think is, is, is a really incredible image that was shot somewhere in the world and, and talk about it. And I just think sometimes it's the best way to tell a story. You know, if a, if a single image can nail, nail it and people respond to it, I, I, I'm so about that image and, and the power of the single still image or, or a series of still images if it's a story. Um, I just think it's a very powerful way to tell a story. It, it can also be uh, it, it, back to how you make people feel. You know, you want, you got to be concerned about who's in the image as well as how people are going to respond to the image. And because uh, it's not your picture, it's their picture. Do you know what I mean? It's, I'm shooting it, of course, but it's not my picture. You know, uh, it's their picture. It's whoever's in it. So, you know, back to Franz and all all those pictures. You know, you it, it you got to make sure you're, you're not there's empathy in that image and there and there's respect. You got to try to do that every day, every image. Um, but I do think when it's done right, when you get done, when you get those three things together, when you get light, composition, and an incredible moment all together in one image, um, and you nail it, people are gonna people are gonna have some visceral reaction one way or another to it, and uh, I think that's you know ultimately what you're trying to do. Um, I don't know. I, I, I love to, I love, I love where the camera takes you. And I love that it can get you places and it can, and you can meet people and you can satisfy curiosities. Sometimes the things you never even thought you were going to be exposed to. Um, and, and back to, you know, also, if you can bring some of your own perspective into that, you know, especially if you have experience, I think that's great. Okay. I, you know, I think that is a, I think that's a great place to, to end. Um, yeah, that was perfect. So Patrick, thank you very much for, for joining us. That was Patrick Farrell, a Pulitzer Prize winning photojournalist and current professor at the University of Miami. Thanks for listening. Sword and Pen is produced by myself, Jonathan House, and Maggie Seymour. Our executive producer is Zach Bedorf. Our music comes from purple-planet.com. Sword and Pen is also a production of Military Veterans in Journalism, a nonprofit dedicated to helping veterans break into the journalism industry. In fact, just recently announced, Military Veterans in Journalism has a partnership with NPR to provide a veteran-specific internship. The deadline to apply is coming up, so don't dawdle. If you want to learn more, check out mvj.network. Again, that is mvj.network.